Hello everyone, welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and this is our new moon forecast, which I'm really excited to do. Um, If you listen to this podcast often, you know this is my favorite type of segment to do. It always kind of feels like coming home because I think that this is what I started with. So I always love doing them. And it's about 6.30 in Austin, Texas on Friday the 14th. I recorded this segment yesterday and I do this a lot where I'll, I'll record something and then I'll just not feel like a resonance with it. Like it's not time to publish. And so I'll go to sleep. And then when I wake up, I just want to redo it. So this is my second go at this one, but the last one was like 40 minutes long or something. And I think that I was just rambling a lot and not, um, super helpful. I think that sometimes I'll get too technical and I'll talk about things that maybe if you're newer to astrology, it doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to try to keep this one get ready for it. I'm going to try to keep this one 25 minutes or less, (laughs) and I'm going to try not to get too technical. So getting into this new moon forecast. So as we know, when there is a new moon, the moon and the sun are close together and the moon is not able to shine any light from the sun. So I'm actually looking at the moon right now in the sky and it's waning. So it's just a sliver of Uh, silver in the sky. The light is dwindling. And when the moon becomes new, that means that there's the least amount of light that the moon will have in this phase. It's completely dark in the sky. We won't be able to see it. And then after the new moon, it will of course become a little bit brighter. It will begin to move across the sky and it will become full again. So new moon is a powerful time to set an intention. It's like a seed in the soil, right? A dark little seed. And as the moon begins to wane, light is added to the moon. And it's like fertilizing our intention, right? Watering it, filling it with light and helping it grow. This is why the new moon is such a powerful time to set new intentions. So keeping in mind, I do follow the sidereal zodiac. And according to Sidereal Zodiac, this new moon will take place in the sign of Leo. And so if you follow the Western astrology system, this won't be correct. Um, I haven't gotten any emails in a while correcting me, so thank you. I feel like everyone's starting to catch on. Um, So yes, in Sidereal Zodiac, the new moon is going to be in the sign of Leo. And Leo is this very courageous, loyal, charismatic sign that can also be a little bit vain, a little bit prideful, um, a little bit self-absorbed at times, right? As, as lions may be, that's okay. Um, and we always want to look at the nakshatra as well. And the nakshatra is in the sign of magha. And so keeping in mind a nakshatra is a segment of the sky that's more precise than the sign. So let's say we take the 12 zodiac signs and we divide them into even more specific segments. This is the nakshatra system, okay? It's just more precise segments of the sky. There are 27 nakshatras total. Each has their own deity, their own planetary ruler, their own mythology. So they're signs in and of themselves. I highly recommend learning more about nakshatras. I'm doing a nakshatra series right now as well. And I think that what 
I would like to stress is that learning what all of your planets are in, right? I think sometimes we get hung up on the moon and the sun, which is super important. But look at all of the planets because they all matter. You can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on chart, calculate your own chart, and find which nakshatras your planets are in. So Magha nakshatra is connected to kingliness, lineage, tradition. It's a very paternal sign. There's a strong connection to paternal lineage here, and it truly does show. I think it's really interesting. So the most auspicious activities for this new moon are going to involve lineage, checking in with our ancestors, contemplating you know, our ancestral lineage, maybe even our paternal lineage. I know many of us are not close with our family members. And many of us don't know our family members. And so taking time to contemplate and appreciate that though we may not know them, maybe our direct connection with our family members in this life has not been a positive experience, there are still ancestors who we don't know where the cosmos lined up in such a way that we exist because of them. Because if they had made any other decision, if they had decided to date someone else at some other time, if they had decided not to have a baby, we wouldn't be here. And so it's very important that our ancestors did exactly what they did at the timing that they did for us to exist. So just taking time to pay homage and appreciation to that lineage. And if you don't feel comfortable with people or thinking about people, maybe thinking about the cosmos and the cosmic influence of this, because maybe your parents were awful. You know, I know so many of us have had bad experiences. I'm really not trying to um, negate that. And some of us have also had really positive experiences as well. But regardless the cosmos and the energetic forces of the universe made things happen in the way that they did for you to be here now, doing what you're doing, your purpose, right? Just taking a moment to settle into that because you're certainly here for a reason and things aligned in such a way for you to be exactly where you are and who you are, which I'm grateful for wherever you are. I'm grateful that you're here. So again, positive time to partake in any type of practices that have any type of tradition, ceremony, lineage to them. Some of us have cultural practices within our family that have been passed down to generation to generation, whatever they may be, however big or however small they may be. It's a powerful time to, once again, partake in those practices. There are many practices of yoga that have a very strong lineage to them. And that could be Iyengar yoga or Ashtanga yoga. Both of those practices are very heavily influenced by lineage. Many chants or mantras are very old. So if there's a mantra that you like, or if you'd like to even learn a new mantra that's rooted in lineage, super powerful time for that. And then of course, paying homage to our ancestors and acknowledging where we came from. Now, it's not the best time to engage with like new technology because Magha likes the old and the lineage and where things came from. So anything that's newer, engaging a whole lot with technology, 
even maybe trying to be too innovative, you know, something that I'm thinking is that it might even be difficult to use technology on this day because it is a new moon, it is a dip in energy. Mercury, which we're going to get into, will also be sitting in this sign and nakshatra. So the moon, sun, and Mercury are going to be very close together. You might find that higher levels of technology aren't working as well this day. So watch out for that as well. So that's a little bit about the new moon and suggestions for your practices. I did a little mini scope on my Instagram where I have personal horoscopes. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and look for it. I'm not going to do um, all of the different personal horoscopes today because I already did them. They're on my Instagram, so please go check them out. Hopefully you enjoy them. So again, coming back to the sign of, of Magha, it is ruled by the planet K2. As I was mentioning earlier, all of the nakshatras have their own planetary ruler as well. So Magha is connected to K2. I want to say really quick, one other really auspicious thing for Magha is charity and donation because it is connected to this kingliness. Kings take care of their people. And donations don't necessarily need to be financial. They could also be clothes or time or resources. So if you do feel like you have extra right now, maybe considering making a donation on that day. It's, an, it's auspicious, right? You'll benefit energetically from it. So Magha being ruled by K2, K2 is going to get activated in the sky. K2 represents separation, isolation, spirituality. Magha has that paternal lineage to it. I think, again, when people are super tied to their beliefs, which Magha can be, there tends to be this separation. And so that's something that we can be really mindful of. I think that we will see amplified because K2 and Jupiter are sitting in the sign of Sagittarius, which can be very spiritual and religious and also very radical about their beliefs. Uh, Magha can be very loyal, but then also very tied to their own personal tradition and lineage. So we may see people around us being more extreme in their belief system, allowing their beliefs and ideology to separate them even more, maybe becoming radicalized. I think that this new moon is going to act as a turning point because August is not that big of a planetary month. Like we have a lot going on, but not nearly as much as we're gonna see in September. September is going to be when things start really changing. Um, and I'm gonna talk about that today because even though we're not in September now, I want to give you guys a heads up. So we're going to talk about September. Um, but for you, trying to focus on your beliefs and appreciating your culture, appreci appreciating your lineage, ancestry, and also appreciating and respecting the people around us. And I know that this period of time is so delicate and Sometimes, when we think that we're appreciating our own cultural lineage, by virtue of that, we're actually disrespecting other people or oppressing other people with our certain beliefs. And so, trying to keep in mind 
that our belief system is completely valid so long as it's not hurting or oppressing other people. And it's okay to let certain ideologies change, right? It's okay to change our mind and our opinion. It's okay to see that maybe something we were doing was not right. Because if we're raised with something, it feels right, and we're convinced that it's right because that's what we've known. And it's okay to have a moment of being like, oh, huh, all this time, maybe that wasn't a good thing that I was doing, or maybe that was hurting somebody. Oh my gosh, like, let me change that. So we may be having those moments collectively. There may be many people having those moments. And so trying to be supportive of yourself and trying to be supportive of those around you, being very curious about the beliefs of others. Because again, what's happening now astrologically, it's not going to be easy. People are going to be clinging to their old ideology and old beliefs. So just trying to keep our minds open to that. I hope that that all made sense. And of course, the new moon is going to be with Mercury and Mercury is communication and advertising. So people are going to be vocal. We're going to see a lot of, a lot of this come out. The other thing that I'm super fascinated in talking about with you all is that Donald Trump's ascendant is Magha. His Mars is in Magha as well. And so this new moon is happening in the next chapter of Magha. Mercury will be here. Strong connection to paternal lineage. If we look at the history of the United States, we have our forefathers, right? Everything is very uh, Yang-based, lots of men in power, right? And um, Kamala Harris just became the first woman to, well, not the first woman to be nominated as vice president because I believe there have been, there's at least been one more, there may have been more than that. Um, She might be the first female vice president, but all of this to say, I think we're going to see some pushback to that. I think that we're going to see some things come out that are unsavory in regards to having a female running for vice president. So keep an eye out for that. Magha is going to make it a pretty strong connection to that paternal lineage, um, yang energy. So keep an eye out. So it is August 14th as I record this, which means that... Mars is currently Gandanta. So Mars is going to be Gandanta from the 13th to the 16th. Be very careful in this time. Don't travel. Don't do anything that is risky. Certainly try to uh, travel with care. I, I don't recommend traveling. If you can avoid traveling, please avoid traveling. Um, when a planet is Gandanta, that means it's in the final degrees of a water sign and the early degrees of a fire sign. I think I said that right. Final degrees of a water sign, early degrees of a fire sign. So it's this transition where a planet feels very uncomfortable. It feels like it has a lot of pressure. It can't express itself fully. When a planet is Gandanta, it acts out of control. And this is Mars we're talking about. So be mindful. The sun is going to be in Gandanta on the 13th, which is yesterday. Um, And Mercury is Gandanta on the 15th. And so keep in mind, even though the planet may be in that degree, that final degree of the water sign on these days, notice the days around it as well, because it's still too close for comfort, in my opinion. So again, just be mindful of these days and then the days surrounding them. 
don't take risks, no unnecessary travel, um, trying to avoid conflict with others. You might feel a little bit volatile, volatile yourself, just depending on where this is all happening in your chart. Um, I do think that we're going to see more natural disasters. I think people are going to be protesting more, especially come September and October. Those are the months that I think are going to be more intense. Um, but we're going to start seeing things heating up as these planets are moving through these Gandanta points. And then into September, we'll start really seeing stuff. So kind of shifting gears and talking about September. So Mars will retrograde on September 9th. And so that is when things are really, you know, Mars retrograde. If you want to learn more, listen to my segment on Mars retrograde because I don't want to say it all again and bore you all if you've heard it twice. It's not going to act as directed and as intelligent as a Mars that's going direct. It's going to act volatile and explosive. It may not know how to direct its aggression. So this is a turning point. Once Mars moves back into Pisces, it will also be aspected by Saturn, which it has been. When all of the uprising happened recently with the social justice movement, Mars was in Pisces and it was being aspected by Saturn. This was taking place in the fourth house of the United States, which the fourth house can be your inner sense of security, your inner happiness, your home and larger assets. It can also be the homeland. So we were seeing all of this uprising and all of this conflict and pushing back while Mars was in the fourth house of the U.S. being aspected by Saturn. But Mars wasn't retrograde, okay? So when Mars moves back into Pisces and it's retrograding, this will occur for a while, several weeks, right? It's going to go direct in November. That is when we are going to get the messiest in my opinion, when Mars is retrograding and it's being aspected by Saturn. So keep an eye out for those dates. It will move back into Pisces on October 4th. So, and in September, on September 12th, Jupiter will go direct. On September 21st, Saturn's going to go direct. I think that this is overall going to be a positive thing. Um, but, you know, these planets are going to have the shifted energy of feeling direct and being able to get things done. And so, again, I think overall this is going to be positive for the short period of time. I think we're going to see a lot of change occurring. And on September 19th, Rahu and Ketu are going to change nodes. And so they, or excuse me, change signs. Rahu and Ketu change signs every 18 months. So they stay in signs for a pretty long time. For the past year and a half, they've been in... Gemini and Sagittarius. This is a really big shift. And they move backwards. So when either Rahu or Ketu enters the sign of Scorpio, they enter the final degrees of Scorpio first. So that means they come into the nakshatra of Jeshta, which is a notably challenging nakshatra, which is also the tail of the scorpion, which is where the poison lies. 
So these first few months, I think, is going to be relatively challenging. It's also going to be taking place in the 6th house for the U.S. and the 12th house. These are very, very karmic places. It's extremely spiritualizing um, and also, of course, very karmic. So K2 will enter the sign of Scorpio going into that nakshatra of Jyesha. Rahu is going to enter the sign of Taurus going into the sign of Mrigashira. Now, Mrigashira is ruled by the planet Mars. So that means that Mars is going to be activated September 19th. So after September 19th, again, Mars is going to be activated, getting aspected by Saturn. Rahu's going to be in Mrigashira. I think that that is also going to be a time that we're going to see a lot of civil unrest, a lot of protest, a lot of conflict, and potentially a lot of violence. So in the U.S., in the United States. So please do watch out for that and be very mindful about what you choose to engage in. The other thing that I wanted to note is that Rahu will move into the next stretcher of Rohini in February 2021. I think that that is when we're going to get a lot of relief. And I mentioned all of this in my newsletter as well. So sign up for my newsletter if you haven't already. But we're reaching the 25 minute mark. So I'm going to go ahead and start closing up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was helpful. I hope it made sense and wasn't too technical. Um, I do have an upcoming training on, it'll be in September at the beginning of September. If you want to learn more, please go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on group study modules. I'm doing a beginner module now, which is so much fun. And this is going to be kind of like a continuation of that, we're going to talk about aspects of the planets, transits, and dashas, planetary periods. And there will be six classes total. You have the option of getting homework or not having homework. Um, it's a really fun experience. So if you're interested, again, please go to my website. If you'd like to schedule a reading, please email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, you can go to my website and click on schedule. Please follow me on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.